All right. <clears throat> a slip on the snowy sidewalk in winter is a small thing. It happens to millions. A fall from a ladder in the summer is a small thing. That also happens to millions. The slipper fall produces a subluxation. Subluxation is a small thing. The subluxation produces pressure on a nerve. That pressure is a small thing. The pressure cuts off the flow of mental impulses. That decreased flowing is a small thing. That decreased flowing produces a diseased body and brain. That is a big thing to that man. Multiply that sick man by a thousand, you can control the physical mental welfare of a city. Multiply that man by a million, you can shape the physical and mental destiny of a state. Multiply that man by 130 million, and you can forecast and can prophesy the physical, mental status of a nation. So the slip or fall, the subluxation, pressure, flow of mental impulses, and dis-ease are big enough to control the thoughts and actions of a nation. Now comes a man. Any one man's a small thing. This man gives an adjustment. The adjustment is a small thing. The adjustment replaces the subluxation. That is a small thing. The adjusted subluxation releases pressure upon nerves. That is a small thing. The released pressure restores health to a man. That is a big thing to that man. Multiply that well man by a thousand, you can step up the physical mental welfare of a city. Multiply that well man by a million, you can increase the efficiency of a state. Multiply that well man by 130 million, and you've produced a healthy, wealthy, and better race for posterity. So the adjustment of the subluxation to release the pressure upon nerves, to restore mental impulse flow, to restore health, is big enough to rebuild the actions and thoughts of the world. The idea that knows the cause, that can correct the cause of dis-ease, is one of the biggest ideas known. Without it, nations fall. With it, nations rise. This is the biggest idea I know of. That's from B.J. Palmer's Bigness of the Fellow Within, written in 1949. Those words could not ring truer now. In the last two days in practice, I have seen four babies with horrible colic and reflux, not sleeping, not eating, not nursing well, screaming all day and all night. This is the message they need to hear. This is the message they need to hear. They're not coming into my office, because I've been doing this for 33 years, they're not coming to my office because of back pain, or neck pain, or car accidents, or headaches, or whiplash. They're coming in to get their kids' brains and nerve systems fixed. That's what chiropractic does. Now, yes, we chiropractors do touch people's backs. So it does appear that we are back doctors. But one of the first things I tell my new patients is I am not a back doctor, I am not a bone doctor, I am not a spine doctor, I am a brain and nerve system specialist. Because when you come in, even if you are just working on someone's back, when you touch that back, you're not just touching the back. You're affecting their brain and their nerve system. And I'm sure you have seen, and if you haven't, you can Google it, I'm sure you've seen MRIs and fMRIs that show that when a chiropractic adjustment is delivered, the brain lights up. So when a little baby comes into me with colic or reflux or constipation or nursing problems, or a kid comes in with autism spectrum or ADHD, or a 
kid comes in with, with, with ear infections or a mama comes in with a breech baby or whatever the case may be, what we're doing is we're changing their brain. But understand this also. When a person comes in, even to the clinic here, with back pain or headaches or neck pain or whiplash, and you're adjusting them, you're changing their brain. Right? You might be changing some spinal position. You might be changing some mechanoreceptors in that particular area you're adjusting. But ultimately what you're doing is you're making the brain talk to that area differently. You're making the sensory input and the motor output different than it was before. That's how chiropractic works. Chiropractic changes a pattern. So as an example, mom comes in yesterday with a little mushroom. And five weeks old baby, horrible reflux, been on all kinds of meds already, right? Five weeks old already had two different meds, right? Pepsid, Revson, not working, changed formulas that didn't work, nothing's working, and one of their friends suggested they should come see me because we see a lot of kids. So they came from like below Atlanta, right? Don't think that your office is just gonna be the people in your community, like right around the little circle. Right? So that, we're talking to someone traveled 100 miles to come see my office. And, and I told them when I, on the phone, I said, you're gonna come here two or three times a week, understand that, or don't even possibly get started. She said, okay, whatever we gotta do, whatever we gotta do to fix our kid. So when I sat down with them, I said, okay, he's a beautiful, beautiful little kid, uh, but he's just uncomfortable. He's, uh, 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 he's just grunting all the time because his belly is so hard. And I feel his belly like this, and it feels like his desk in front of you. His heart is a rock. And one of the things I tell mom and dad, I'm like, there's a test that I do. I call it the fingernail test. When I put my fingers into a baby's belly, a newborn baby's belly, what should happen? My fingers should sink in. You shouldn't be able to see your fingernail. That's what should happen in a newborn belly. Your fingers just go like this and sink right in. With his belly, it's like doink, 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 doink. It's like a balloon. I said, that's horrible gases in there, right? So why is this happening? And he's having all kinds of nursing issues, and he's having trouble slashing, and all these other things, and everybody's saying, well, maybe this, maybe this. I said, you know what this really is? His body doesn't know how to do it. His body does not get it, right? Because I want you to think about this. A kid comes into your office with colic or reflux or constipation. Food is supposed to be good. Right? Breast milk or formula is supposed to be nourishing for the body. I want you to imagine a brain that looks at food and says, this is bad and it's gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the person who just ate this suffer. Think about that. That's what happens when a little kid comes into your office with colic or reflux or he's got constipation. Is the body can't figure out what to do with the food. But that doesn't make any sense because you need food to live. So that means that the body is misinterpreting the purpose of that food. It is misinterpreting it as an attack. So what are you gonna do? You're gonna say, you should take enzymes, you should you know, uh, eat this, that. No, you gotta change the way your brain interprets the food. So to give the pepsin or prevacin, is that changing how the brain looks at that stuff going into its 
We just got to reconnect. Let's reconnect the brain and the nerve system. Let's get this kid's brain and nerve system working the way it's supposed to so it doesn't look at incoming food as something bad. It doesn't look at nursing or formula or bottle feeding as something bad. It's looking at something natural, right? Just as natural as breathing. <coughs> she says, so I really appreciate you taking the time to explain this stuff to me because obviously this brain is not functioning the way it's supposed to. It's not really understanding how to work. <coughs> and you gave us hope and I really appreciate your professionalism. And I'll tell you, ever since his first, his first adjustment, which was a few hours ago, he hasn't cried the whole day. Dude. I'm like, yeah. That's right. That's right, vagus nerve. Vagus nerve. Where's the vagus nerve? Temporal bone. Where else? It goes right next to Atlas. Right? So we have, these are the things we have to think about when we're working on these little babies. I'm getting a five-day-old baby coming in tomorrow. I can't wait. I love these little itty-bitty babies. They're so beautiful. They're so gorgeous. Their eyes, their eyes are magnificent. Right? Because there's nothing, like, we have filters over our eyes, right? So by the time that, that you're an adult, you've got all kinds of filters over your eyes about what is here to see. Me and by this, I just know that they should come in yesterday. She fight your mom and she said, I, uh, my sister said I shouldn't come here because my sister said that you're gonna make it worse. I said, I'm glad you didn't listen to your sister. Right, because there's nothing better for pregnancy than chiropractic care. Make sure your pelvis is as a, the best pelvis possible for labor and birth, absolutely. Right, but that's the filters, that's the filters you get. Right, oh, you shouldn't have got a chiropractic. You shouldn't take a kid to a chiropractic. Oh, what are they doing to that cat? Oh, yeah, that kid's dead. Right, that's the kind of filter, 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 filter. But a little baby, there's no filters. Right? So when they look at you, they look like, like deep into your soul, right? Because they're so present, right? Because there's nothing, imagine like, imagine having no language, we can't imagine that, but imagine having no language and just looking at someone who's like, I, I'm hoping I'm portraying when I look in their little eyes that I love you, and I'm here to take care of you and help you. So Bonds and Dad's always saying, oh, my baby's crying all the time. Not with me, they won't. Not with me because I have a connection with them and I can bring myself into my, I have been meditating and doing, you know, practicing all these kind of things long enough that when I'm with that baby, that baby's gonna calm down. Because I know how to talk to baby. When a child on inspection comes in and the mom says, oh, this kid never sits still and then looks in his eyes and Running, running around the room, and you're gonna have a really hard time with this. No, I'm not. Don't worry about it. I speak on this. So, we have all these Middle East Indian kids in the practice who sit, boom, right down and let me do whatever I gotta do. Because they know that I care about them. They know, right? But this is something you have to develop over time. This is why it's so important. You've heard about meditation and mindfulness and all kinds of stuff. That's just not some hokey pokey stuff. Like if you really want to be the best that you can be, you've got to train your minds the way you're training your hands to adjust. Right? You've got to make yourself the best in all the different areas, right? You've got to work out. Right? If you're telling your patient you have to you know, work out and exercise three times a week, if you're not working out at least three times a week, how can you tell them to do something you're not doing? Right? You say you should eat better. How are you eating? Right? You say you really got to calm yourself down, have less stress. Are you meditating? Are you doing things to, to make yourself more mindful? What are you doing? 
What are you doing to prepare yourself for those little kids? To prepare yourself for those difficult cases. To prepare yourself for we had another kid come in a couple months ago <coughs> who was four years old, not talking, not walking. Guess what they're doing now four months later? Talking and walking. Holy cow. After three years of physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. That's the possibilities. That's the possibilities. That's changing their brains. I'm not a back doctor. Yeah, I, 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 my, my, the back is the way in. But that's not the end point. I'm a brain nurses and specialist. I watch kids change under our care. <coughs> and I know that all of you are capable of the same thing. I'm not some magician. I'm not just because I have this kind of practice and I've had this practice for years. That's a gift. That's a gift. But anybody has that gift available to them. If that's what you want. If that's the kind of practice you want, that my practice is 50, 60% of kids are pregnant mothers. That's what I want. I don't want to see adults that much, honestly. It's just not my thing. Not that it's bad or wrong, it's just not my thing. I love the rules. I love the kids. I love the kids, the babies. I love the kids on the spectrum. I love the, the kids with developmental milestone issues. I love the, the four-year-olds I just mentioned aren't walking and talking. I love those kind of challenges. I don't find back being very challenging, so it's not interesting to me. What's again, not this bad or wrong? We need chiropractors to take care of people with back pain, right? We need chiropractors to take care of senior citizens. We need chiropractors to take care of personal injury, car accidents, all that stuff, sports injuries. Absolutely, it's not me though. Find your niche. Find your niche. I'm not saying everybody's gotta be a pitch chiropractor. I'm saying everybody's gotta find your what makes you really excited. Right? And so explore stuff. Why you're here? Explore. You got ICPA club, right? Which is an amazing club. I've been an ICPA club, you know, uh faculty uh, rising for 15 years now. Right? So check that out. We have ICPA seminars. Dr. John Edwards, he's amazing. He'll be here this weekend. I'll be speaking out. I speak for ICPA. I'll be speaking here in February, right? Check that stuff out. If this is your if this is your jam, like it's my jam, check that stuff out. If not, then go to sports seminars, go to extremity seminars, go to SOT seminars, go to whatever. Do something like get go all the way. Go get into it. Right? I've been doing this 33 years. I am like just as super stoked as I am now as I was when I sit in your seats. And Dr. Larry Webster, the founder of the ICPA, taught this very class, and I was sitting here in the same, not this room, actually, we're upstairs, but I was sitting on this campus with him, right, the founder of the ICPA, and now I'm teaching this class. Wow. Right? How cool is that? Like, I still can't believe that he was my teacher. So the stuff I'm going to teach you guys in this class, the stuff I'll teach you in the electives that I teach, the stuff <coughs> I teach you in ICPA seminars that I teach, a lot of that comes from him. A lot of it comes from Dr. Jeannie Ohm, who took over after Dr. Webster passed. There's such amazing stuff out there, but you've got to sink yourselves into it. Chiropractic isn't a hobby. It's not a job for me. It's not a nine to five. It's a, like, Every minute, every day, I'm constantly thinking about chiropractic. And when I watch movies, when I read books, it's, it's what is part of me. It is, it is me. I am chiropractic. And I want that excitement for you guys. 
So what I'm going to do every class is I'm going to read a green book for you guys selection and talk about something that happened in my office yesterday, right? I'm not someone who retired 25 years ago and to tell you about what happened 25. I'm talking about what happened yesterday, this crazy stuff that we saw yesterday, because that to me is so exciting to hear the real life stories of what's really happening in there. And I, so I want this to, I want to get you guys excited through this quarter.